0: currently 2.52am. And so, in this episode, I think it's time we made a f- another ASMR creepy pasta reading. But this time for our topic, I will be consulting the Reddit God. Okay, so it is 2.52am and I am in the middle of a bathroom. The shower just stopped, but I'm looking at what the Reddit gods have told me. And, hmm. Oh, they have a nightmare. No, that's oh, fancy. How do I... Hmm, interesting. So today we're going to be looking at Twilight fanfiction. So, we're gonna go to fanfiction.net. Um, I'm just gonna scroll until I find something interesting. Oh, good lord. So this one, that I've settled on, is called Let Me Protect You by Settling Sage. It has 20 chapters, 26,000 words, and was updated 13 hours ago, so this one's a work in progress. You didn't get the hint that she wasn't interested. And then Rosalie thought it would be funny to invite her to the house. Okay, so that's it for number two. So if you know how to vote on this, just tell me which one you would prefer, and it's probably going to end up being Juicy Pussy who responds, because she's the only one that ever listens to my podcasts, but that's fine. That's fine. This is a shout-out. But choose either one or fanfiction number two and I will keep reading them. Yay. Jesus fucking Christ. (sighs) The entire time he just couldn't stop saying fuck 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 fuck. You know, honestly. This is so sad. Bro, I just... mm, I feel like they're better fanfictions. Uh, Let me see. Under this category. Alright, so, yeah, if you decide that you want more of this beautiful piece of English literature, just tell me. And I guess we will keep on reading. <laughs> is it possible that everything is true? Fairy tales and horror stories? Is it possible that there isn't anything sane or normal at all? People say you only live once, but people are wrong about that, as they are about everything. The sky was dark and the clouds promised thunder. The building burned across the square when I was born. My parents sometimes reflect that those flames had been a warning to them, to us all. Warning about the phoenix and the effect it would have on our lives. Phoenixes are not like how they are in mythology, beautiful creatures with the same sapphire blue eyes that my paternal family was famous for. Mythology teaches us that it's a bird of great beauty that creates intense excitement and deathless inspiration. The deathless inspiration, I couldn't relate to. The scene I described, that was night- ah, frickity fuck, that was 1673- in the home of an Anglic- Anglican pastor and his wife. She screamed in the agony of childbirth, and he battled against the flames, threatening to overtake the whole square, our church with it. Maman spoke of the bird that flew in the window as the most terrifyingly beautiful thing she had ever seen. She could do no more than watch Frozen as the creature let out one lone tear streak onto her newborn daughter's head. She blames this for the reason we are always born and die to fire. I've never been sure if I believed her stories, but someone had to explain why we can never rest in peace. This year, in 2008, was the fifth time I had experienced a lifetime. By the way, just an FYI, (laughs) you should probably know there's going to be a lot of mouth sounds. Shout out to a certain brown girl, my favorite brown girl. You know who you are. (laughs) My fist- oh fuck. My first, my should-have-been-only life was simple. It was only when I was born again in 1744 and again in 1845 that we were sure something was wrong. There was always whispers of others that could remember living before, but never did it connect to our lives, so we kept our secrets, and Mama became certain that Phoenix tears were cursed. 1845 was my favorite lifetime. We lived in Texas since apparently Dad's parents had moved there before he was born. How true that was, I never was sure. I never met any of my grandparents. Texas was gorgeously hot, which contrasted to the previous lifetime where I had spent most of my childhood in Scotland. The new century had brought us a new life in the middle of World War Two. Wait. I was brought up a true Parisian. Parisian? Paris. After Mama returned us to the capital. I never got to know my father that lifetime. It made him all more precious to me now. Oh my god, my contacts falling out. I'm gonna die. I smiled over at him as I exited our tent. We'd finished our ch- Okay, so the shower just nutted. What the fuck? Oh my god. Oh, why is everything so fucking disastrous? Alright, back, back to the... To- We'd finished our two-week hike across the Olympic National Forest, and we were both completely shattered. We'd started in Port Angeles and headed west across the park to climb the Hurricane Ridge Trail, see the hot springs and Lake Crescent. I was glad to collapse just outside Forks. Oh, fucking Christ. We would rest in Forks for a few days, if we could find where Mama had planned for us to stay at the Miller Tree Inn before getting the bus back to Port Angeles. We were going to hike back but the weather forecast made her route impassable. If Mama had booked it, our home for the next few days would be absolutely gorgeous. She tried to sell it to us last night when we had found Signal to contact her, sharing how she had booked a room on the first floor with windows on three sides. We would have been happy with anything after two weeks of sleeping outside on the hard earth. Dad grinned at me, and I joined him, where he was packing up, still exhilarated from the last two weeks. The blue eyes that he had passed down to me sparkled with joy. I had always been my dad's little girl, even since ever since our first lifetime. I clung to him as my life raft for the world. Seeing him, especially happy like this, always made me feel better. Morning, Dad. I was never a morning person, but waking up and being straight out in the cool air was refreshing. It made me a lot more controver- controversial um, than I would normally have been. Good- m- oh my good- fucking white people. Good morning, Emmeline. I let him hug me with one arm, keeping his other hand around the chair. He was attempting to force back into the bag. Wait. Got just over two hours to go. You up for it? Before I could answer, my stomach growled and Dad laughed, quickly rummaging in his pocket for something I could eat. Taking the offered cereal. Cereal bar? That would do it for now, but not for long. I helped him pack up, and we quickly set off again. After the last couple of weeks... Walking two hours along the road was a bit of a boring necessity, especially knowing that the Kalawafuck River was running just over 400 meters from us at the furthest points. Once we joined the main road heading into Forks, I felt Dad's tension rise. It was not the safest road to walk along, and logging lorries flew past us at terrifying speeds. I could practically see the relief wash through him as we approached the city of Forks sign, even though we still had to find the end. After two and a half hours of hiking on only a cereal bar, Maya's immediately spotted out somewhere to eat once we got in the main area of the city. I pointed the lodge out to my dad and without a word, and immediately he began heading towards it. If I knew my dad as well as I thought I did, he hadn't had any breakfast at all, saving the last of our food for me. I cringed, walking in, immediately taking the stuffed animals on the wall. I could never stand being watched as I ate, but I was too hungry to change my mind. We sat in a table by the window, looking at the sleepy city. My stomach growled again. Sounds like someone's hungry. A voice at my shoulder laughed, and I turned to find a friendly woman standing at my shoulder with two menus in her hands. Shall we get you some food, sweetheart? I laughed at myself in embarrassment and took the menu offered to me, picking the first thing I saw. Can I have some cinnamon fridge toast, please? I saw her expression morphed to surprise at hearing my English accent, but she didn't comment on it. Dad quickly gave his order and then silence fell. We smiled at each other across the table. My father was a very talkative man. He could sit for hours in contented silence. He didn't like big crowds and certainly didn't do small talk somehow, though. He still managed to charm everyone he spoke to. I was always a little bit jealous. Okay, so that's fanfiction number one. Chapter 1 ended. I'm gonna look for another one now. Hello? Oh, good boy. Wait. That's annoying. Oh, that was my back. Oh, she popped. Oh. Oh. So this one is called Bella Swan colon slut. <laughs> okay. This one hasn't been updated since December second of 2012. That's a Black Excellence's birthday. Would you look at that? All right. Underage. Oh my God. Interesting. Interesting. Oh, all right, so this one is called Harry Potter. Is I don't know what's called. Anyway, this one's about Harry Potter x Edward Cullen. Okay, here we go. I'm gonna read the first couple of chapters, and if you guys like it, we can read that again or keep reading it. It's only a chapter long, so I'll only get like through the first couple of paragraphs anyway. So. He's angering death is generally a bad idea. The reason for that is, well, it's death. Pissing it off generally leads to bad things. Unfortunately, Harry's family has a habit of pissing off death, starting with his three brothers that magiced up a bridge over a river, going through to a dark lord that made soul containers to beat death, and ending with Harry. Harry had collected all three deathly hollows and became master of death. Death didn't usually mind, but on occasion it had mood swings, and in one of Death's mood swings, Harry had said something wrong. He wasn't even sure what it was that he said wrong, but Death was furious, which led to his current predicament. He had gone to sleep as Harry Potter and woken up as Bella Swan on an airplane on the way to Forks. Thankfully, he, or rather she, had the sense of mind to put up a notice-me-not, small if not not to affect the plane's function, before she let loose with a string of curses that would make a sailor blush, and then passed out from shock. She read the the books once. It wasn't going to happen to her. If Death expected her to follow through with the original script, it had another thing coming. Edward Cullen would stay the fuck away from her if he knew what was good for him. Edward Cullen did not know what was good for him. On the plus side, Harry had made friends with the rest of the Cullen kids, who thought Edward's attempts to woo her were cute, or at least thought... Her attempts to cause harm, the attempt immort- to cause harm to the mortally seventeen-year-old, were cute. So far, she had thrown him through a wall, slammed his face into a locker and a desk, and given him a kick to the ball six times—magically enhanced, of course. Oh, that's disgusting someone's trying to rewrite the entire series minus the first book. I go for good ratings or low ratings?